Hey everyone, welcome back to Addicted to the Climb. I want to let you in on exciting news right now that the mastermind is open for applications. I'm so excited because this faith-fueled community is so inspiring, so empowering. When you bring ambitious women together who want to deepen their faith, activate their gifts inside them, know who they are, and watch them fly with wings like eagles, this is the space for you. This mastermind is all about breakthroughs, empowering you in your God-giving gifts, and just activating a deeper faith together as a community. So make sure you get in your application to see if this is a good fit for you as we step into the next session, which is starting in April. Don't miss your opportunity. I'm telling you, when women come together, things happen magical things happen and breakthrough happens when you come together. I believe it wholeheartedly. My life changed the f- from when I first entered my first mastermind. My eyes were open to just new possibility in a deeper faith. And that's where it all starts when we lock arms and do it together. I hope to see your application soon so you don't miss your opportunity. And- All you have to do is hit the link in the show notes and apply now. Press pause. Do it now. Don't wait. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Addicted to the Climb. I am your host, Kelly Tyen. As a faith-fueled health and transformation coach, author, and breast cancer survivor, my mission is to provide you with the wisdom, the tools, and all the success tips that I've learned along my own journey in health, fitness, faith, and personal development. Plus, you'll hear some incredible and inspiring conversations that will motivate you and empower you to keep on climbing no matter what you're going through. Let's buckle up to start a brand new climb together and start showing up differently as we work our way to the top. Right now, this is your time to take in all the positivity and all the blessings that God has for you. So let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to Addicted to the Climb. I'm so excited that you're here and that you chose to spend this time with me today. So thank you. Thank you for being here. I know you're busy and I know that We get to choose what we listen to and what we consume, and you want to be addicted to the climb. So, and you are going to love this episode today, today, this beautiful conversation, because I know you're going to feel so empowered by my guest and her story of how she just continues to climb in life. Mary Grothy. She is a three-time founder in with one exit, a number one best-selling author, a top 50 keynote speaker, a loving wife and mother. I love that so much. And currently serves as the chief revenue officer at PNI HCM. She is an openly faith-based leader, entrepreneur, and the host of the national radio show, Fearless Faith. Mary, I'm so excited that you're here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes. Well, I love that you included in your bio 
that you are a loving wife and mother. That's very rare that people put that in their bio. Like mm -hmm. nobody does. I mean, I then that's a beautiful thing. I like to start with that when people introduce me because first and foremost, I am a happily married woman and a very loving mother. That's really what my title is. And I'm proud of that the most out of everything. So when I was reading that, I just, I got so excited because you just don't see that too often. And I just wanted to honor you for that today. Well, you're a busy woman and I want to get right to it. I would love to start with you telling me what's good right now for you in this present moment. Thankfully, everything is good right now in this moment. For this entire start of 2024, my focus has been finding the peace and the love of the Lord that I have in my heart and that nothing else on top of that matters. God plus anything else doesn't equal anything more than God himself. And I found myself last year on a bit of a roller coaster. I resigned from my company as CEO, took a full-time job with one of my clients as a CRO, a few months later, sold my company and then had this big conviction laid on my heart, leading to this new calling in my life and some new entrepreneurial activities. But the year was a roller coaster and I felt so much pressure, but varying types of pressure because of the different aspects of the year. And then New Year's Day happens. People love those resolutions or they pick their word. For me, I needed to get back into the root center of where I needed to be focused in order for me to not just survive, but truly thrive this year. And it has been a pure, peaceful, heaven on earth experience. I'm so grateful for it. Every day has truly just been an unbelievable blessing. It's an amazing season. It's not without challenge and it's not without strife. It's not without disappointment, but there's this unbelievable centering as a reminder for me, I already have everything I need and it's going to be okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's so good. I love that. It really is. People, it's going to be okay. We're going to make it. It's a choice though. But I want to know, I love that this is where you're at right now, getting rooted and more focused. So tell us, because some women right now are like, oh my gosh, I want that. I don't even know mm -hmm. where to begin. How do I restart? You know, right now it's whatever the date, mid-February. Mm -hmm. I don't know when this show will be out, but we're already getting into the swing of the new year. Yes, maybe you made resolutions. Maybe you had a word. Maybe you forgot your word. But where are you right now? And it's okay to restart, you, you know, just because you didn't get to your resolution like you mm -hmm. thought you would. Or maybe you're not showing up in that like you thought you would. But it's okay. I want you to have grace with yourself today. Every day is a fresh start to make new choices, new decisions. But for you, Mary... How did you get yourself rooted? What are some steps that you take that you can share with us and these people listening? Yes. The first step is pure surrender, like pure in heart surrender. When we think about surrendering to the Lord and everything that we have, it is not a one-time act. It's constant. And at the beginning of this year, I knew that I was holding on to a few things and he doesn't want us holding on to anything as a daughter of the King. I know it is my responsibility 
to lay everything at his feet and to not carry my own burdens and to not worry about tomorrow and to remember that this is a short stint here in our earthly human (laughs) beings, but this is playing for eternal consequences, for eternal gain. And there's so much weight and pressure of certain situations that we as humans may choose to create a bigger situation out of or scenario out of. And ultimately, that's us doing that. We don't have to do it. What is the saying? Life is 10% what happens and 90% how you respond to it. So when I think about full surrender as a step number one, every night, that's my quiet time. my, My prayer time with the Lord is at night. And well, I mean, I pray and I talk to him a lot during all the day, day. <laughs> all but day at night. That is my very sweet, special, intimate conversation with him. And when I lay my head on the pillow, that is where I go through the day. I recount everything that happens. I take accountability for my actions. I pray specifically over situations, over people, for people and for myself and The daily accountability of identifying, Lord, where did I honor you? Where did I fall short? Where did I let sin and temptation, idolatry, gossip, stress, strain, worry? Where did I let that seep in? I look at things that are creating emotional unwellness inside of me. If it's a goal at work, I'm a chief revenue officer. I've got a great sales and marketing team. Is it a goal at work? Is it a missed quota? Is it a deal that I'm working on? I gut check myself. Where am I putting my hope and faith? Today, what did I do? It's just a daily recounting of how did I show up today? Where are the areas of opportunity? And what do I truly need to lay at his feet? I get very restful, peaceful sleep because I don't take anything with me into my dreams. I lay it at his feet. I go into full surrender. But during that time, I get to hear from the Lord. It's very direct, intimate communication. And I know that those, the words and and what I'm hearing and what's present for me in that moment, because I'm drifting off and I'm entering into this state of consciousness to not consciousness. And it's it's just so beautiful. And I feel like I get so much peace and so much clarity gets downloaded into me during that time. But step number one is the full surrender. And it is eliminating anything that could feel like guilt or shame or anything that carries a weight or emotional unrest. Also, I have to gut check myself. I want to make sure I'm not worshiping anything of this world a success i also want to give my wins and successes back to the lord mm-hmm. and thank him for those but give him the glory for those mm-hmm. and not sit here swelling my own ego about how great i am and look at all the great things i did today so all of that in surrender i would challenge the audience who's listening to this to say what are the things that you hold on to have you ever found yourself saying lord take these burdens for me but don't worry i've got this one I'll handle the situation with my daughter. I'm going to handle the situation at work. I'm good with the recent pipeline that we're driving and, and the deals we're closing, all the successes we're having. I'm going to hold on to this one. I'm good with um, my marriage and, you know, working that out, but I'm going to give you this Lord. I'm going to give you this one, but I'll hold on to these. It's a question of what are the, these in your life? Mm -hmm. What are you holding on to that you haven't fully given to him? Typically those are rooted in a very deep place of insecurity and fear. Mm -hmm. And when we think about why we're holding on to it, because we haven't fully surrendered in the faith and belief that the Lord can handle 
and can do far better for us than we could do for ourselves. And so step one, Kelly, it's all about the surrender. Oh, this is so good. I love that you just unraveled that whole entire thing because listen, at the end of the day, we all want peace when we go to sleep. And I love that this is the way you end your day. A lot of times, a lot of us talk about our morning routine and how we start the day and that we get into prayer first thing in the morning, which I think is the most important thing to do before you let the outer world in, right? Before you let the social media in that makes you feel unworthy and not as good, <laughs> all the things, right? But we have to remember, and this is such a great reminder at the end of the day, this is a great question to ask yourself. How are you going to bed? Because most of us carry the weights of the day into bed and most of us aren't sleeping well. And that's a real thing. It's causing a lot of stress. You know, when you don't get a good night's sleep, you're feeling yucky the next day. Mm -hmm. You're not performing as the ambitious woman or man that you know you can be because you're tired of the worry and what you've gone through the whole night. You're waking up 500 times right? We've all been there. I know you're driving right now, shaking your head, you know, but I love, so I have started doing like you, Mary, at night when I lay my head down, I put my phone down and I just started doing this, which mm -hmm. is crazy that you're sharing this. I go through my day differently than I ever have. And I would talk to the Lord in a different way. Like, what did I do today, Lord? I'm excited for tomorrow. Where can I be better? You know, I might not have the same questions as you, but I think we should be writing these down. So to, because these are great things to talk to God about. So many times people say, I don't even know how to pray, Kelly. But these, this prayer is a conversation that you're having with our father. That's it. And these questions that you just said, you know, where did I honor you? Where did I fall short? You know, where did I let? worry or fear seep in, this is where God will give you that clarity. He'll show you in the conversation that you're having, and then you'll be allowed to fall asleep in that peaceful state. Get it all off of your chest. It's like therapy session, right? I love that. Yes. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful that you said all that Thank in, you. in first surrender, surrender it all, because mm -hmm. that's how we find that clarity. And, and take him in, and partner with him in all those areas. So mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing that. So surrender is number one. What mm -hmm. else did you want to add? Anything else? Yeah, I'd love to. I have okay. this entire framework. I'm writing the notes. I mean, this is amazing. I love this. I love just walking away, empowering people to do the things that we talk about on these shows. Like, don't just listen and shut it off and go about your day. We, I yes. you know this is about empowering you on your climb, getting committed to climbing higher. And these are the steps to do it. Okay, I'm ready. Yes. Okay, one is surrender. I'm gonna give you the scale framework. So S-C-A-L-E. C is commit. Once you surrender and you have that open, honest conversation with the Lord, which he will reveal, the answers, as you just alluded to, then there's a commitment step. Then what are you going to do about it? He's revealing to you. He's answering those questions. He's helping you understand. Well, then commit. Commit to doing something different than what you did today if you want to get a different result tomorrow. And the commitment step is very important because we have to be 
in full surrender, but then commit to executing. It's one thing to say I'm in full surrender, but then not do anything different. So when I think about the commitment, I do look at honoring the Lord in all that I do. I know that the scripture says he'll establish my plans. If I get ahead of him and establish plans, he'll direct my steps. Those are both in Proverbs. And it's really beautiful to have the promise of the Lord that if we commit everything in all that we do, He's going to be there in lockstep with us. And it's never going to be perfect. There will be trials and challenges. There'll be successes, wins, mountains, peaks. It's going to be wonderful. It's, it's just what life is. But when he's there with us, it's such a beautiful life, regardless if it's a tough day or it's a wonderful day. So the commit step is critical because there is a level we have to make a commitment as far as to what was unveiled to us and what are we going to do different. Step three is abide, A, abide, abiding in him, obedience in Christ. If you uh, take time in Proverbs is my favorite in the Bible because it is such an incredible guidebook of wisdom. There should be no questions left after you read Proverbs on the biblical way to live your life. And Mm. it is very different than what the world teaches. There are principles in there that seem difficult to wrap our heads around and understand about praying for our enemies, also about the um, speck in our eye and judging others. Also, when we are told to turn the other cheek, do you know a lot of people misconstrue, don't understand what that scripture means, but It is all about um, surrendering in the moment that God is the judge and God is, God sees everything and he knows. And it's oftentimes not our battle and not our fight. There's often pride and ego and that emotional unrest that can get in the way when we're trying to prove ourselves right, get into these arguments. Um, Sometimes somebody might have a wrongdoing by us. And so we want to play that game. Oh, You did this to me, so I'm going to do this to you. And the Lord's saying, turn the other cheek. What about when we, it says about getting sued and give him the shirt off your back, but give him your coat also. So there's so many principles and biblical wisdom. There's also the fruit of the spirit. Everything that Paul's teaching in Galatia, that's present in Galatians, everything in Colossians, in Ephesians, everything you read in here, it's like, there should be no confusion when you're done reading the word on how to have heaven on earth. So this obedience step is so clear how we deny our flesh and rise in the spirit in all circumstances and walk in obedience with the Lord. The third is listen. And that's coupled with step number one with the surrender. We hear from the Lord there, but we have to continue to engage him throughout the day. When we surrender and then we commit to him in all things and we abide, and we're obedient in Christ, it creates a lot of space because we've really decluttered a lot that of what the enemy is trying to get our attention through and with. And so we've, we've decluttered and all of a sudden we have this space and we now have ears to hear. And so it's challenging everyone to listen, to receive, to be in constant communion and conversation with the Lord throughout the day. And the last letter is engage. So once we can hear from him, it truly is living no life apart from Christ. The engagement component is for for me, what a big shift that happened in my life. I've been an openly faith-based leader when I ran my company and I had scripture hanging on the walls. But in this season, this last fall, I was greatly convicted about not only just being faithful in my work and speaking about the Lord when it was, when it made sense, but taking a very outward outspoken 
stance shifting my keynote speaking my book my publications my, my blogs everything now is faith-based it's engaging with him it's taking up my sword it's being in the walk with him and engaging in the calling that he has on my life so there you go scale s-c-a-l-e surrender commit abide listen and engage i mean there's a lot right there <laughs> And I love that. I love each one of those so much. And right now I'm actually studying with my mastermind clients where right in Proverbs, we did chapter three last night. It's incredible. It really is incredible. And you know, what's even more incredible is when you read the Bible or you read a passage or a chapter, and then you go back a couple months later, God mm -hmm. speaks to you so differently. He shows you things that you didn't know the first time around or the second time around. That's what's so amazing about the living, breathing mm -hmm. word of God. It doesn't change, but the way he reveals himself to you and he knows when you're ready to receive, sometimes, you know, it's, it's just amazing. And it is the blueprint of life. Like you said, everything you need to know is in that Bible. Everything. There's nothing... Yes that we, we don't need to go searching in this book. Yes, all the self-help books are great. They're all great. I mean, my books are great. You need books. But to live a purpose-driven life, to know what to do, to find the clarity that you're desperately trying to find people, we all want clarity. Like, what do I do next? What's my purpose? Get into the word. That's it. You will find it. I promise you that. Because if it's happening for us, we're no different. I always say like, we're not, he doesn't have favorites. God doesn't play favorites. He wants all his children to have a beautiful purpose driven life. So thank you. I love this scale method. I love it. I'm going to go back and just go through all of it because I think it is so important that we take each of these steps seriously and know if we want to, if we do want to thrive in life, if we do want to deepen our faith, well, we do need to commit we do need to abide. We do need to listen. We do need to surrender and engage with him. It just doesn't happen. We have to put yeah. the work in just like anything else. It's mm -hmm. so important. But speaking about books, I would mm -hmm. love to jump over to your book because this is part of your story. And I know it's, we can talk for a while about your story because it's it's amazing. And all the things you went mm -hmm. through to get you where you are today as the beautiful faith-driven woman you are, successful entrepreneur, keynote speaker, making such a huge impact in the lives of people. Your journey was not easy at all. Mm -hmm. And I would love for you to share whatever parts you want so we can empower people that if you're going through something, if you've been through something and you're holding on to it, it's time to let it go and start releasing what might have happened or what you're fearful of that's happening now. And then Mary has a great story. So I would love for you to jump in. Yeah, thank you so much. And I, I do appreciate that. The, my whole life story is captured in this book, Destination Remarkable, Surviving the Dark Side of Success. It was published by Forbes last year. It is a number one bestseller. Uh, they were an incredible publisher to work with. And I'm grateful for everything that transpired as a part of that. When they reached out to me in 2022, I was surprised that Forbes had an interest in me and I thought it was a spam call at first. It wasn't a spam call and it unfolded into a beautiful conversation. But I said to them, the story that I will publish, my faith cannot be absent from it. 
My upbringing cannot be absent from it because capturing just the success and the accolades, that is only a portion of me. And it's not honoring to my life, my testimony to what um, the Lord has done in my life. You have to get the whole story. If you want the story, if you want any part of it, you have to get the whole story. And they agreed. And I thought, this is crazy that Forbes is going to publish a Christian author, but they did. And it was an absolute dream of an experience. I cannot say better things about them. And so the story I'm from Northwest Indiana. My parents owned a performing arts school. My dad was an opera singer and an actor. My mom was a pianist and choral director, but she was also a raging alcoholic and he was an abuser. So on one side, I had quite an an interesting childhood growing up at a performing arts school. I've been on the stage since I was three. I was a triple threat actor, singer, dancer. I also played piano, straight A's in school, excellent academically, but I lived in pure hell in my house. And it shaped truly who I am today, but it took a complete journey to heal from it. Any child who was raised by an alcoholic parent it is difficult. It is difficult. You never know how to play the game. What is good today, what you're not getting in trouble for is reverse tomorrow. And I remember being so confused. I'm like, what is the playbook? How do I win in this house? I'm always in trouble. I'm always getting yelled at. I'm never good enough. I'm not hugged. I'm not told I'm loved. Rarely even looked in the eye completely unsupported, uncelebrated, picked on constantly, put down, torn apart, verbally, emotionally. It is. And we grew up in a gross house, Kelly, like cigarette smoke, tar dripping down the walls. My mom had allergies and asthma. She was always blowing her nose and making these like snow drifts worth of tissues. There was just dirt, trash everywhere. We had animals. They went to the bathroom all over the house. Like I grew up in that house. Like, how do you take this poor little child, youngest of four? I felt just forgotten. I mean, it was any attention I got. The majority of it was really bad, but at 14, they lost everything. When I was 14 years old, they lost everything. They had stolen from the community. They were hundreds of thousands of dollars stealing and debt bad we fled. We lost our house to the bank. We auctioned off everything that we owed in a red and white tent in the backyard, fled to Boulder, Colorado. My parents filed for bankruptcy. I'm 14. My brother's 15. I was about to turn 15. He's about to turn 16. And they said, you know, we can't support you anymore. You, you have to go work and you have to pay rent. And if you want access to the family car, you've got to pay for that too. And you've got to pay for gas. And I'm 14. I'm like, I'm legally not even able to work. So what do you want me to do here? But anywho, it just built up even more resilience. And there's a lot detailed in the book, but I worked my way through high school, got straight A's, continued to excel in my dancing, had a partial scholarship to CU Boulder. And I was in a terrible car accident one month before graduating. My dancing went away. My my future went away. No reason to act on the scholarship. And without that, because it was the key just to get out of my toxic, terrible, abusive upbringing. I wanted to get out and be in my own apartment or dorm or somewhere away from that. And right one month away from that, the golden ticket. And I'm slamming my car into a cement wall on the highway. Can't walk, let alone dance or pursue anything. And so then I'm bedridden at home with the two worst people in my life. And I'm looking ahead, like, how do I break free from this? So mentally it destroyed me. I entered into the four darkest years of my life. I got in with the wrong people, the wrong types of professions, my own alcoholism, drugs, you name it. I did it for four years. I should have been dead or in jail. I got married to an abusive man because you like, you know, follow what you know. And at 22 years old, 
I didn't know the Lord yet, but he just started changing things in my life. I interviewed with a company, got it, the job as an admin assistant. It was a payroll and HR company. I was 22 years old, no degree, no experience. And two years as an admin, excelled, went into mid-market sales, became the number one rep, sold, sold millions. I mean, broke records, smashed ceilings, this young girl. And then the world's playbook became my survival method. And that is not healthy for a young woman who grew up with a traumatic childhood, so many holes and wounds. So then the world starts feeding me. I go down a really destructive path. On the outside, I have all these titles, accolades, awards, successes. And on the inside, I'm broken and dead. And I had a terrible rock bottom a coming to Christ story that is nothing but pure restoration, redemption, an opportunity to shed 29 years of shame and guilt and beliefs that I wasn't good enough and that I didn't have an identity. It was the most transformative experience of my life. And then immediately after that, met my husband, who is a godsend angel. I have the most amazing husband. I got to reclaim. I went back into my old career, got to reclaim the success there as a woman of Christ, not engaged in the same behaviors. I started my, I welcomed my son to the world. I started my second company, was able to exit from that company. I've got an incredible job now with an incredible team. And I have a fire inside of me and a love for the Lord that has to be shared. And I get to speak to audiences all over. I'm working on all new keynotes. I've got an incredible cinematic theatrical keynote coming out, more performance art speaking, and that's dropping very soon. I'm planning on taking that on tour at like Christian rock, rap, music concerts, as well as big life conferences and big stages, arenas, stadiums. This thing's going big. So anyway, Can't there's wait. my whole story. Oh Read my the rest gosh. of it in the book. <laughs> oh my gosh. Make sure. Where do they find your book? It, only on Amazon? It's everywhere. You know, it's okay. in 39,000 retailers. Um, you can find it pretty much anywhere, but Amazon would be great just because yeah. uh, the reviews go a long yes. way. Yes. Yeah. So buy it, review it. That just helps me out tremendously to keep the longevity of the book success. Absolutely. People, please write us reviews on our books. It <laughs> helps us. We write the books for you. We're doing this for you. So that's the only way you can thank us. And we appreciate it. So do the review. I will link the book in the show notes for sure. But wow, what an incredible story. I want to know, you know, you said when you met Christ, but just take us to that moment because people to this day, they are looking for some kind of hope. Did, did you seek out the Lord or how did that happen for you? On May 25th, 2012, I was 28 years old. I had just had a record month as a CEO and I went out to party because that's what I did. I wanted to celebrate. I wanted to tie one on. That was my intention for the evening. I executed on that intention and I ended the evening with a decision to drive. And I lived in a gated community. The clubhouse was maybe, I don't know, 200 yards from my house. No reason to even drive. But I did. I drove my BMW convertible home and I missed the turn and I drove straight into my neighbor's front porch, which landed me in jail. And in that moment, I remember feeling that for my whole life, 
I was trying to prove everyone wrong because I had heard that I was no good and that I was a failure and I was made fun of and I was suppressed, oppressed, <laughs> it was everything. But it, the inside of me, I never believed that. I always thought I was worth something. I always thought I was something, even though I had so many people telling me I wasn't. But in that moment, I finally believed it and said, you know what? They were right all along. I'm nothing. And look at what I've done with my life. And I'll never recover from this. I wanted to kill myself. Um, when I got bailed out of jail and I was at home, I laid my head on the pillow, um, had injuries, concussion, con contusions, and spent one, one and a half days in jail. But when I was at home, the weight of that, and I, and I didn't know God back then, but I was praying to God, even though I didn't know who he was, and mm. just said, like, if there's a God, then take my life. I can't wake up tomorrow. I can't stomach another day. I can't face what I've done. I don't want to believe that everyone was right. And I'm just a worthless pile of nothing. Mm -hmm. And whatever that moment was, because again, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know who he was. I just didn't want to wake up and I wanted to be done with the pain, but he obviously, you know, didn't take my life. So, but I entered into seven months of therapy, sobriety, and the therapy started to transform my perspective on my life because I never understood why I was the way I was, why I thought the way that I did and truly how traumatic of an upbringing I really had and how it had shaped who I was as an adult started with layers of forgiveness and understanding and, and healing that I, I, I needed so desperately in my life. But I was still not getting it right. So I'm sober. I'm getting refocused on my business. Good successes are coming through. I'm getting the therapy, starting that moment of forgiving. I'm starting to prune my garden and weed. And I didn't know Christ yet, but I'm doing some of these activities. And I have a personal relationship at this point. We're quote unquote in love with each other. Yeah, okay. But I find out on Christmas Eve that the man I was dating was also dating several other women. And I found this on his phone and I was just devastated and I had him leave my house and I woke up Christmas morning, truly, truly, truly at the end of myself. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so wildly successful. I did everything the world told me to do. Now I've been sober. Now I'm in healing and therapy. I'm doing everything everyone is telling me to do. Why do I not feel okay? Why do I still have gaping holes in my heart? Why do I still carry guilt and shame? Why are all these things happening? And Christmas morning, I went to Village Inn and I'm just bawling and crying. And there's nothing left in me, Kelly. And I finally felt led to go to my friend's apartment. He was single. He's a former pastor. And I, it was so early in the morning, 7 a.m. It was seven degrees outside. I'm texting him like, what are you doing? And he figures out I'm outside, lets me in. I can't even walk. I crawl into that apartment and I'm done. There's nothing left. Literally, I had to go to the absolute, absolute, absolute bottom nothing left in myself before I was ready. And I knew he was a former pastor. And I said, I think I'm ready. You got to tell me who this God is Yes, because I have exhausted everything else. And he opened that Bible and we started in Genesis and he prayed over my life. I gave my life to Christ. I spent hours there with him. I then took that Bible home with me and I began feverishly reading it. I couldn't mm. put it down. I was Gosh. so thirsty. Ugh. And 
in that day, on that day, Christmas day, in those moments, it was the most freeing experience I've ever had. I finally felt a permission that I didn't have to, to not have to carry the weight and the burden. And I felt for the first time that a new identity was going to come into my life and that I didn't have to be this failure anymore and have all this guilt and shame. And it truly did disappear. And I've never felt anything like it. And the last thing I'll say on this is I felt a hug. I felt an embrace. I felt wrapped in the arms of Jesus that day. And I, my whole childhood, like I think my childhood would have been a lot better if my mom had just maybe hugged me once or twice. Like when I, when they picked me up from jail in the lowest point of my life, it would have been a really, 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 really good time. Really good time for her to just forgive me and put her arms around me mm-hmm. because I needed that hug so bad. And I couldn't get that from her in the worst moment of my life. And all it got was this verbal abuse on the way home. And then they just dropped me off at my door. And I was sitting with the weight and the shame of the guilt of making the biggest mistake of my life. And they told me I was nothing and that I would never recover from it and that my life was over. And that I just really done myself in. All I wanted from that woman was one time for her to look at me like she loved me, like I mattered. Mm-hmm. Like she was even happy for a second that I existed and she could never be a mother to me. And I remember just that day that I gave my life to Christ and it was the first time I felt a hug and an embrace that didn't have an agenda. That was just so pure. It's so loving and so forgiving. And for the first time in my life, I felt okay. And I felt like I was going to be okay. And I owe everything to him. And he has never forsaken me. And he has never left me. We serve the most loving father. And it is my mission in life that everybody knows the name of Jesus and not just know his name but that i can be a catalyst to introduce them to him even if these people that are lukewarm christians and you know who i'm talking about they say they know god they may have even prayed that prayer and they may go to church on sunday but god doesn't know them yes there's no relationship there my mission is just i have a shirt (laughs) my husband and i have a christian clothing and swag company called do remarkable work and which is a cute little dropship company like little swag with different sayings you know wear your faith on your sleeve but one of the shirts i designed says all in with him i have i think it has a matching tote and a hat but all in with him and i realized as a christian especially as a corporate executive you know i'm in corporate america like i don't work in ministry I'm in a different battlefield. And I think about all the opportunity that the enemy gives me every single day of temptation to take one tiny little step away from my father in heaven and what he has for me. And I realize how critical it is to be spreading this message. It doesn't matter what you do. Just like it says in Colossians 23, 23, whatever you do, do it as if working for the Lord and not for human masters, because 
324 says for the inheritance comes from the Lord. And I think is like, I have to spread this word, Kelly. There's nothing greater that anybody could ever make a decision to do, but it's not a one-time decision. Just like we spoke about at the top of this interview. So easy to say, Christ, come into my heart, come into my life. You're the Lord of my life. I surrender to you and, and, and I love you. And, and that's great. But then you actually have to live. Then <laughs> you have to go back to, to the world. What a, what a story, what a testimony to who he is. I mean, to who he is. Here you were on this battlefield as a child that you weren't deserving of at all. And just how he called you out and you were willing and you were ready and that his love is greater than any worldly love that we're longing for. If you're here right now and you've tried all the things, you're trying to consume all the other things, you're trying to find love in all the places and it's not showing up, now's your chance to just go to the cross, go to him. Because I'm telling you, your life can change dramatically. The love that you are longing, the love that maybe you're longing for from someone else in this world, you will never... You will never feel love like the love of Jesus, no matter what. I have a great husband. He loves me. But when I'm in my deep, dark moments in my mind, he's not the one that, that I go straight to the, I go straight to Jesus. I need his love because you can feel it. It's so real and it fuels you with the peace and the joy that nobody else can give you. And it's your testimony is just, oh my gosh, it's incredible. It's incredible. And you are changing lives and you are impacting people. And that's what it's all about, using our voices because our stories, no matter what, maybe you don't have Mary's story. Maybe your story is just you survived divorce. That's a story. And maybe Jesus helped you survive that divorce. But somebody else needs to know that that's where our hope is in him. And that's it. And he can heal your pain. He can heal your mind, your scars, it all. Oh my God. We could do this like a, like a church. We can do this like church right now. And I know that our time is limited, but oh my gosh, Mary, it's, it's beautiful. And I just hope one person walks away right now, just feeling refreshed and empowered and just loved because they can go to him the same way we are. And it's just the most beautiful connection we can have that we can't get from the world. So, wow. I just want to say, wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for making me cry. I didn't know I was going to cry today. Thank me you. either. Whew, I know. I mean, it's just amazing what God can do. Honestly, it really is. It's nothing we do. I just want you to know that it's nothing you're doing, nothing what you've done. It's all about what he can do. And he he's ready. He wants mm. to, he wants to take you from that dark place into the bright light. Well, if people want to reach out for you, I am going to link your book, your podcast, your radio show. Um, I know that can you touch upon that really quick? Tell us a little yep. bit about your radio show and what's happening over there. Fearless Faith Radio airs in the Denver and Birmingham markets. It's just in two right now. It's uh, 
through Crawford Broadcasting. They have about, I don't know, 18, 19 or 20 Christian radio stations across the U.S. And we're starting in just those two markets, but it doubles as a podcast. And we're getting a ton of traction from the podcast track uh, platforms as well as YouTube. So you can really catch it wherever you want to listen to it. But it's a weekly show about my life as a executive in corporate America and loving the Lord and facing those trials and challenges. I think there's a bit of a discipleship gap for those of us who choose to be in corporate America, have big corporate professional careers, very different than being a a full-time mom or full-time in ministry. It's just, it's just a little bit different. And so I want to bring forth guests each week that are able to share their walk. And it's so inspiring. We've learned from unbelievable guests week over week. I also get to share lots of my own learnings. I bring in the scripture to help the audience understand the trial that I face, the scripture that I incorporated to help myself understand how to navigate and overcome and bring the audience through that. So anyway, it's called Fearless Faith Radio Show. Um, just started at the top of this year, Kelly. So I work a month and a half in as you and I sit here and do this interview today, but I would love for people to give it a listen and would always love that feedback and, and hear. And of course, I'm going to have you on as soon as we have our next dates for, for recording. I cannot wait to have you on and interview you and return, uh, return serve from today. But people can connect with me, Mary Grothy. You'll find me on any social media platform. My most, um, I guess the, the the two platforms that I do the most work on are LinkedIn and Instagram. So you can find me at Mary Grothy. You can learn more at marygrothy.com. And then Fearless Faith has a radio show, fearlessfaithradio.com. Perfect. Perfect. I will link all of those in the show notes as well. Well, this has just been a pleasure. So many takeaways, so many golden nuggets that we can incorporate into our life to just even deepen our faith. I mean, we all need to constantly put the time in with God so we can grow in our faith, so we can evolve to the woman, the man that he created us to be, but it takes work. I just want to remember every day you have to put the work in with him and and spend time with him. So thank you so much for being here today. It was a pleasure to hear everything that you shared with us. I'm so appreciative of it all. Thank you all for listening today. I appreciate you too as the listener and just know that I'm praying for you. Thank you guys. Until next week, keep on climbing. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for being here every week because my goal is to always empower and inspire you so you can keep on climbing even when life gets tough. If you felt blessed today, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And one of the ways you can help me is if you would leave me a five-star rating and a review. This is really how I can help more people just like you. You can do this right on your podcast app on your phone. It's super easy. It will only take one minute. Also, if you want to be part of my private community on Facebook, head over there to Faith fuel and fitness and I'll meet you inside or you can even head over to my website kellytian.com to get more inspiration and resources to keep you on your own climb. Thank you again and have a healthy and happy week.